If you were walking through the woods one day, you might see something strange. A fluffy white mass up in the trees. You might think it was a hanging goat carcass, or I don't know, a pinata of the abominable snowman from the stop-motion Rudolph Christmas special, but you'd be wrong on both accounts. It's actually the nest of the pendulum tit, a tiny bird with a tendency for traps. But having options helps this bug-out bird survive here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today, we are going to wrestle between good SEO and saying the awkward name of a bird over and over. But more on that later. More on that now. (laughs) Well, Uh, (laughs) more on that right after I say, and thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, Search Cassie Michelle on YouTube, and now okay, more yeah. in the awkwardness. Okay, first it's it it does fall upon you, the general info man, to uh, to tell us what what animal are we talking about today? We're specifically talking about the uh, Eurasian pendulum tit. Okay, so because, and, and we let's didn't make get, a... let's put it right out there. Pendulum is an awkward word, like. I know, yeah, it, it is gross D. and has it a lot of different like a meanings. J. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and it has a lot of different connotations. We get it. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna call it. I'm gonna call it by its nickname. Um, one of the one of the two, probably the second one, um, because we don't we don't come up with bird the official bird names. You know, some some ornithographer did and decided to land on. Pendulum tit, and it's a whole it's a very common bird name. The, the, yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. basically all all of the uh, birds in the family that we will mention. Uh, they f- have bear the same name. In- instead of saying that a bunch um, and getting into hot water, let's call it by one of its nicknames, which I'm going to call it here. Well, one of these, like I said, the last one, the the PT Cruiser. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. P, PT, get it, get it. Um, Rube Goldbird. Because <laughs> uh-huh, it's a uh, complicated. Rube Goldberg is a guy who came, a cartoonist who came up with complicated machines, and uh, we'll get into how this bird uses not a machine but complicated structures. And what I'm going to call it is the Prepper Penny Parker. That's nice. Well, and I'll explain that later. But just know that Penny Parker is, I looked it up to, to uh, confirm, she is the, if you've ever seen Enter the Spider-Verse, that relatively new Spider-Man movie, she is the anime girl who, like, uh operates a, a robot um but the point is is that she is a, a spider girl <laughs> i think it's just a stretch but we're, i'm gonna call it penny okay for pen for for the gross word pendulum <laughs> that's another thing that people were doing when i was reading about this they were just calling them pendulums 
Pendulines. It's like Madeline. It's a, it's a beautiful I'm Penduline. name. I'm Penduline. Yeah. Yeah. That's a throwback. The Lord stretched the Penduline across the foundation of the earth. Isn't that cool? <laughs> what? <laughs> that it's in Job. God says, where were you? And I stretched the line over the foundations of the earth or oh, something like that. I thought you were making like the the, the plumb line. Oh, no, that's idea. another thing. Yeah, plumb line. Would you like to hear the taxonomy? Yeah, I would. Okay, well, it's in a domain you know you love and are in, the eukary- eukaryota. <laughs> I did notice that it said the domain. They usually don't. <laughs> well, that's that's the higher one than kingdom. That we there's a three of them, and all the things we talk about are eukaryotic. So there's no point in us. What are the talking. others? Two other words that are are hard to remember, and they're like tiny. All Ar- of the archaea, bacteria, and uh, eukarya. All of those, except for bacteria, the, the, the archaea and eukarya are definitely. T- they're definitely two legendary Pokemon in the next <laughs> in the Pokemon game. And if you're looking at an organism and, and you're not sure if it's eukaryotic or one of those other two, if you can see it without a microscope, it's, eukary- it's eukaryotic. <laughs> yes. Very true. But the kingdom you also know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. The phylum you know, you love, and you're in it. The phylum chordata. The class, you you might love it, you might know it, but you're not in it, Matavies. Unless you're a bird person. (laughs) The order is... uh, Tweet us. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, The order is Passeriformes, which is like crows and a lot of, a huge order of birds. Tons of birds. I think it's the biggest order of birds. And they all have that crow, finch, typical classic bird look. Yeah. Beak, head, feet. All the things. Flight, usually. Yeah. Pretty sure all of them have flight. Maybe some grouses are on the ground. I don't know. Um, The family is Remizidae. Remizidae. The infra-order which is going to be important in the critter group section, is Passerida. But then the genus is Remiz, as in Remiz Malik. Oh, I thought it was like Limizarab. Remizarab. Remizarab. And the species is Pendulinus. Remiz Pendulinus. Who is Pendulinus? Pendulinus. Remiz. <laughs> but since we're in the business of naming things... And so that I can explain why I included the infra order, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. Uh, the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of entering? Or what is the collective noun for this animal? Um, for this particular family of birds, there is no uh, collective noun that I could find. But uh, wrens are in the same infra order. Uh, so it's the next step up. So let's go with wrens. Uh, so if you saw a group of wrens, Joe, would you say that's an A, pillar of wrens, B, chime of wrens, C, 
gulp of wrens or D, filth of wrens? Or it's E, Kylo of wrens. <laughs> or F, Stimpy's of wrens. <laughs> Stimpy of wrens. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a lot, a lot more, uh, a lot more drug material we squeeze out of that one. <laughs> there, I'm gonna go with pillar. Yeah, pillars are in our community. Final answer. <laughs> the wrens, of course, we do, we do rely on them. Uh, that is not the answer. The answer is chime. Okay, the I'm chime of wrens. I would feel bad if it was filth. Yeah, somebody uh, just really hated wrens. If, if that was the case, filth of wrens. I'm surprised it's not like a filth of beetles or something like that. Maybe there it is. might be a filth of like rats or something like that. No, it's a oh, a plague of rats. That's what the <laughs> rats are called. I, I mean, I guess I guess I just gave it away, but I think we already knew that. A group of I I was when I was looking this up I. Just above it, it was talking about swallows. And guess what a group of bank swallows are? Well, B-A-N-K. don't tell me. What if we do bank qual- We're not going to do them? them. I looked them up, and they're not interesting. A vault? You're you're, you're on the right track. But the answer is... Do you want to try it? Guess again. Um, you're probably not going to get it. A I mean, purse? It's, it, is, it, is, it is on the right track, but it, it's a foreclosure. <laughs> No way. A I feel like they passed up a lot of good options and then went straight to that. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that. I guess it is something that banks do, but it's just not that characteristic. And I'm I guess sh- it is. Is bank? Would bank be referring to the side of a river and not? I don't <laughs> or know. Do they like store things? <laughs> they. Someone must have come up with this term of venery in like 2009 or something like that. <laughs> very, very bitter homeowner <laughs> that's true are you ready to hear what this thing looks like yeah yeah okay uh the pendulines are small finch-like passerine birds that come in a coat of earth tones like a modern minimalist man cave they have white heads better pop those with black bandit <laughs> masks Ew. around their eyes their shoulders are draped with a burnt orange that fades to dark brown down on their wings. This is very Their bellies poetic. are slightly... Thank you. It's good to do this description like you're in a novel. It's fun. Yeah, I, I feel know? like I'm reading a, uh, just very, a very nice description in a novel of, of colors. You're really... We really got to make sure that people don't feel the need to Google this while they drive, you know? Uh, so let's True. continue painting this picture. Their bellies are slightly more of a cream color than their heads, and their tails have a dark black and light gray pattern. There is very little sexual dimorphism when it comes to color, except that females might have a slightly faded tone by comparison to males. It's very, it's, it looks like a, a female looks like a male that went through the wash like a couple times. That a lot that happens with birds a lot. Yeah, like but usually male. it's stark, more st- like a cardinal is bright red, and a cardinal female has some like red, but it's mostly brownish red. But yeah. this is just like same exact colors, just a little less, and it's just probably through selection, the males that were brightest and you know had the 
had the most striking patterns did the best same with humans yeah but they're small birds but what does that mean that means we get to go and do the listener's favorite part of the show welcome to the beloved measure up segment the official listener's favorite part of the show dang should we do another we have to do another election right um or or else it's gonna have to go through another year when was the last time we did it this was this time last year last last year yeah we have to do it every year I mean, sure, another unless chance you for, want, uh, for the Unless you to... want Measure Up to be uh, the listener's favorite part of the show forever. Yeah, let's do another Which let's do we another still one. could do. Let's try to time All it right. with the actual election, which will have that would be already fun. passed. That'll have already passed by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> That's true. I guess maybe the end of the year is when we should do it. Sure, yeah. All right. Christmas thing. So... Uh, this is the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week, and that's your fault. That's you. Mine? It's on you. What did I do? No, not you. <laughs> not you, although you have whipped a lot of votes in the past. And by that, I mean I whipped them? a lot of measure ups. That's what they say. Yeah, that's the what the whip does. This, yeah, yeah. Um, so that means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. All Are right. Prepared for such a responsibility. I I listened to a self help book this morning, so I think I'm good to go. <laughs> okay. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Oh, this is going to be impossible. <laughs> okay. Is that a, bird. a European? <laughs> Dang it. Yes. <laughs> is it a bird or is it six tigers? That's the only thing. Now, is it A, a European goldfinch? B, a red house finch? C, a Eurasian bullfinch? Or D, Nate Barcalo from the band Finch. (laughs) Could be just Um, Nate doing a killer impression of a bird. It would be pretty good. I imagine that, like, Michael Winslow could probably do a really good Finch impression. That's not even close. (laughs) It's really good. Um, Actually, it it was okay. Uh, there's no Michael Winslow. Um, I'm going to say, I don't even remember what your, th- the A, B, and C were, but I'm just going to go with, um, C because I, I have literally nothing to base this on. There's no logic I can use or critical thinking. So I will, uh, fire off into the wild blue yonder and say C because that's my, that's my multiple choice test taking, uh, instinct kicking in see the eurasian bullfinch yeah sure answer. sounds nothing like a bull but we'll go with it that's incorrect it's a red house finch you could just hear the house the, the housiness in his voice you could just hear the housiness <laughs> so house yeah you could hear the 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 he sounded sounds just like an arrogant hugh laurie he, the hugh laurie that's the name i was trying to think of i was like law <laughs> what, what was his name <laughs> very house very uh Stuart little's dad all right 
the Would red here let's red house finch red house finch yeah let's dive into the length they're 7.5 to 11 centimeters or 4.3 inches on the upper end the upper end of average how many pendulines go into the depth of Europe's deepest lake? Ooh. Oh, wait. Is Russia in Europe? Bol- uh, it's Eurasian. It's a Eurasian country. Um, bonus points if you guess where it is. I mean, Before I know that sounds like a dumb thing, but like a lot of times Russia is obviously like geographically considered Asia, but culturally considered Europe. Uh, we did talk about a really but Lake Baikal, which is in Russia, and it's very yeah. very deep. Which is but it's why I okay. Then it's we're not including Russia. Deepest lake in Europe. Got a country guess? A country guess? Uh, I guess Germany. That sounds right. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's probably an Eastern European country. It's probably like Latvia or something like that. Um. It's neither well, of those gonna, things. I'm going to say, a, what? It's neither of those things? Well, here's a hint. Here, uh, here's not, the answer. It's not Finland? No. Uh, or Estonia? not Eastern European. No, no, no. Uh, the, <laughs> then I was like, oh, yeah, Scandinavia. You're on the right too. track with Finland. It's Scandinavian. Uh, so here's a hint. The deepest lake. Well, I'll tell you the name of the lake, and then I bet you can tell me where it is. The deepest lake is... Hornindalsvatnet. Wow, that doesn't help Hornindals, at all. Hornindalsvatnet. What's well, good because it's I understand. I understand the uh, the the phonetic uh, distinctions and intricacies of Norwegian <laughs> and Swedish. Good. Well, it's Norwegian, pretty obviously. I think. Yeah, uh, you're, the- you're probably right. How could I not have known that? I'm kicking myself right now. Um, <laughs> the rest of the hint is the surface of the lake is 53 meters or 174 feet above sea level. Well, if there's one thing I know about lakes is that sea level doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's not lake level. I mean, Lake Baikal is the deepest lake in the world, I think. I think that was like... forgot how deep that was. I'm going to say 1,500. So I'm going to say this one is 800 feet deep. That sounds like not enough. I'm going to say a thousand. That might be too much. A thousand. And 4.3 inches. I'm going to say roughly just, you know, ballparking here. Um, 2,790.69767441860505. But I didn't want to use a calculator. <laughs> That's incorrect. The correct answer. Is four thousand six hundred and seventy-two pendulums. Ooh, so it's a, it's about, f- what, sixteen hundred feet deep. That's correct. It is five hundred and fourteen meters or sixteen eighty-six feet. Ooh, nice. That deep. was head math f- for you right there. <laughs> uh, let's talk about weight. Sure, They're nine point three grams. Nine point three grams, or zero point three three ounces. How many pendulums go into the weight of a medjool date? And that's not a date in a fabulous little city called medjool. It's a fruit that's native to Morocco, but it's also grown all over the Middle East and even in the United States. 
Um, dates are pretty small. Yeah, just like a little coffee date. I'm I'm gonna say three. A <laughs> coffee date. <laughs> <laughs> three pendulums. Final answer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The correct answer is two point five pendulums. Ah, that's basically right. A medjool date is twenty four grams. I guess there was like not a, there wasn't a lot of room for getting it catastrophically wrong, unless I thought that they they were just like the size of jackfruit. Now I don't know if that's a pitted date or a day with a pit. Maybe if if it had a pit, it would be three full pendulums. If you brought your pit bull to a date, um, depending on the other person, you might uh, you know do really well or very poorly. <laughs> if you're in that movie, must love dogs. I'm assuming that would go well, although I haven't seen the movie. Sure. It, um, it, it might be like <laughs> men who stare at goats where there's not, it doesn't have very much to do with dogs at all. <laughs> yeah. Men who stare at goats had almost nothing to do with dogs. Yeah. There were very few dogs in that movie and very few goats. Let's talk if about fast it. facts. The Eurasian pendulum bird is native to Western <laughs> Europe and its breeding range expanded in the 1980s. It just decided to branch out. Um, it can be found all over the pa- Palearctic region. Do you know what that is? Um, above the equator and below the Arctic? No, that's the hollow it's, Arctic. But no, yeah. It's, it's all of Europe and Asia north of the equator. Okay, yes. So you're pretty much right. They have a huge range up to one point or one to ten million square miles. I mean kilometers, excuse me, uh, or zero point four to three point eight million square miles. They build soft little nests, which we'll talk about later. I'm assuming. Yes. But these nests are so nice to live in. They once were home to more than just birds. They were once. The tiny house of the feet of European children. Apparently, Central European children once wore these silky sanctuaries as slippers. That is nasty. <laughs> or is it adorable? Mm, I mean, when you when you find out what they're made of, it's nasty. <laughs> Cute little cherub, cherubine wearing parasine or pass. Pendulene and passerine uh, footwear. Anyway, they like to eat bugs and they're active foragers, which means they don't just sit around and wait for things. They go and find it. Uh, Like many small passeriforms, um, they may also eat seeds, fruit, and nectar as seasons allow. If you're worried about the pendulene... Don't worry, it is of least concern on the red list, and its population is growing. Good for them. Yeah. All right, it's time for the major fact. And after what you talked about with the feet, it is more applicable than ever that I named it Nesty Business. (laughs) It's time to get nesty. Uh... So Penny and the rest of her family are pretty normal-looking birds, like you mentioned, but what puts them on the map are these unique nests. Uh, And as... Actually, I didn't really even need to stall because everybody heard it 
in, uh, in the intro um, that these nests are fluffy blobs attached to relatively thin branches near the tops of trees. Uh, sometimes they're hanging down precariously, and other times they look a little bit more stable, but usually you'll find them in precarious positions. Um, mostly these nests are made out of animal hair, wool, plant material, um, their spit, and spider webs. So, which is why I would never want to stick my foot inside of one because it's spit and spider webs. The wool part, yeah, Sticky. sure. Um, but <laughs> spider webs, not so much. And also why I, I'm calling this uh, bird the Penny Parker because if my name was Pendulin, I would hope that people would call me Penny. And um, she's also the spider robot girl. So, the you know, imagine this big pear-shaped woolen sticky fluffy blob um and okay there's a doing that there's a weird spout coming out of the top kind of like a some kind of like a toilet paper tube empty toilet paper tube sticking out um which serves as the entrance Uh, and unlike many animal nests it's a big big house with lots and lots of rooms. Uh, it has the, the, but specifically the Cape Pendulum, not the Eurasian Pendulum, but the Cape Pendulum has a secret, literally. When it, when trouble comes a knocking, Penny has a safe room. The spout that I mentioned earlier is actually a false entrance into the nest. So remember, we're picturing this like on the very end of a, of a, of a branch that looks like it could break at any moment. Um, there's just this big kind of gourd pear, almost like a like a watering pail thing with a spout. Here's my handle. Here's my spout. But yeah, this kind of thing sticking out, and you're like, that's the way that the bird gets in and out of the uh, of the nest, and you'd be only partially right because uh, as predatory bird snakes or unwanted males make their way into the entrance they will be bewildered at a smallish empty chamber in in the nest so it's the opposite of a tardis it's much smaller on the inside than it looks like on the outside and they'll just leave uh like the stormtroopers in a new hope when they go on board the millennium falcon and see that uh our, our intrepid heroes are not there but then once the threat leaves, Penny, Han, and Chewie emerge from their trapdoor and go about their merry business of, I guess, chaotic, neutral, smuggling, and sabotage. Um, but unlike the Millennium Falcon, the trapdoor is actually right above the spout entrance. So when Penny, who built the nest um, and knows where everything is, when she enters this, the spout part of the, the entrance, um, she also opens a, a slit in the ceiling with her foot... And then climbs through, which gives her access to the rest, the actual nest where the, you know, the, the chicks or eggs are. Um, and the trap door closes behind her and sticks with the spider web. So it's kind of like a, a bait and switch for the enemies. It's a, it's a, it's a mysterious fun house um, for everyone but the person who built it or the bird <laughs> that built it. But yeah, so... That I, that, I mean, that's, it's not a very long major fact, um, but it's like one of the most interesting 
bird nests that I had come across. And the fact that they would go through the trouble to build a, a secret like um, pseudo room so that anyone going into the nest would be like, oh, I guess nobody's here. And then to scooby-doo your way right back right back out once they're gone <laughs> um it's this is it's ingenious but that's all i got it is ingenious it's all i got all right that was uh penny dreadful i mean penny parker i mean pendul the pendulin it's also what? also i called it a prepper in um this prepper penny parker and i'm just i'm just picturing like um like a Y2K uh, fearful person who built like a uh, nuclear bunker in their basement. Like that's their safe room. <laughs> and so someone yeah. comes so that when the, I, I guess the nuclear radiation comes knocking, they won't find them. So for you out there in podcasting, build your nest, tend to your young and never buy a house without a few trap doors like the pendulum tit here in life, death and taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks, most of all, for listening. podcast <laughs> so yeah i guess that's the it's the beginning of this podcast yep Dickensian. yep yep dickensian <clears throat> james and the giant peach tim burton that's I is this pendulin to that one is this pronounced pendulin that's what i would say okay penduline penduline i like that that sounds fun Okay, you ready to start? Yep. <clears throat>